Okay. Coach, you there? Yo, what's good, bro? Good, uh, welcome yes, to yeah, No Idea. Yeah, How you doing? Podcast. We got Coach Coach Jeremy Prison, a.k.a. Mooch, in the house. What's up? How you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate you for having me. I apologize for the um, tardiness. I just seen the message. <laughs> no no problem, man. Listen, in case people don't know, this man here it was, has been associated with great organizations, great players, had his hands involved from PSA to Ulta, City Rocks to AOT. And with some, with some success follows him, he's a winner. And the players, what's him, players perform well. It's the ultimate trainer. This is my guy right here. Mm. I appreciate you, man. What's going on, though? Man, we, we good, man. Good, man. We just talk about some, some sports stuff, different different things with the basketball and stuff. Listen, Theo's going to love you, man, because he got he, he, you got you got his favorite topic on my man. Remember when we talked about that transfer portal stuff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's unpaid free agency, man. <laughs> That's who it is. Let me ask you a question, Ramooch. Um, how do you feel about how you feel, feel about the portal? Because uh, a lot of these kids, I was talking to Kiana weeks ago. A lot of these kids is, is leaving, and, and most of these kids are, are, are starting for these programs. They're playing a lot of minutes, or playing the whole game. And, and to my knowledge, they have it real good. So why would you well, why would you transfer if you if you starting and playing the whole game? I I, I really don't I really don't get that. Um, so for me it's like it's like, you know, when you look at like college basketball, it's just like anything else. It's almost like dating. Like, so no one, you know, because of what social media has created in the dating world, no one is happy with their life. They're just looking at everybody else's life. And so they create a fallacy in their mind that because you live next door to him, your life should be the same as theirs. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's the same thing with, with, with in the basketball world. So it's more, more, more. So like, I'm at my school learning. I'm learning how to lead and stuff like that, right? But this dude I played against at AAU, he averaging 20 a game. And mm-hmm. I scored 25 against him in high school. So I think I'm just as good as him. So why am I not having the same success? So it has to be somebody else for Got you. Understand? And then it's just that whole idea of AAU. Like, if I don't like it here, forget toughing it out and learning how to be mentally tough and fight for what you want because all that stuff is valued at the level that's next. So, no, forget all that. Like, I'm going to just go somewhere else where they're telling me that it's going to be easier or they're going to give me what I want. So, like, as far as, I guess, what, what you're saying is it's true. So, if the kids that's basically, they ain't willing to tough it out and, and tough it out at the AAU level, it's going to be hard to get them to tough it out in college. Then if they're if they willing to move around there. You see it. That, and that's why I always tell parents, get used to someone being tough on your kid because it's going to build character. So, like, if you parents don't ever want nobody to coach their kid, you know, as soon as the kid come home and start crying, oh, I didn't play a lot or this and that, like they want to cuddle them, but a real coach and a real mentor's job is to use basketball to teach you real life. So if I'm not teaching you how to deal with it, if I'm if I'm breaking every time you're not getting your way just for the sake of me winning basketball games, I'm not really teaching you. You know what I'm saying? So later on in life, the lessons that you should have learned through basketball, you're gonna learn through failure. Mm. 
like that. Um, about, um, uh, Sharif Cooper, right? I think, I'm not quite sure you know him pretty well. Um, is he coming out to the NBA draft? Is, is he going to the portal? Is he what, what's he doing? Yeah, he's um he's in the NBA draft. He's he entered the draft. He uh he has an agent too as well, or not yet. Uh, I mean it's all foregone conclusion. I'm not sure yet, but yeah, pretty much he's gonna hire an agent. Okay, uh, I believe he is. Okay, uh, let us know his, for your opinion, his strength and weaknesses going into uh, uh his NBA ambitions. Um. Well, his strengths him is he's dynamic. Like you know, he's a playmaker. He's a he's a um he's a scorer. He's a playmaker. He's a winner. But most importantly, like he's a leader. So like he makes people around him better. He makes them believe in themselves, and he simplifies the game for people. So like for me, it's like it's that it's the intangibles he brings to the game. Like all those special players, they all have a reason why they play the game. It's not for fun, it's not for clout, it's not for money. Like the guys that special, they play to be the best. He plays to be the best. Like he sets a standard for himself that great players set. Right. You know, like the greats. I've seen, I've seen the best. Like I've seen any point guard you could name in the last 25 years. I've seen them up close and personal. He up until this point has been as good as any of them. I mean, you know, people gonna always make excuses why every level he goes to he won't do the same thing because they don't know what's inside the kid so it's like when you have that when you have something inside of you that burns like he's always been denied no one's ever really given him his credit like they all just keep coming up with reasons why he's gonna fail and it fuels him you know what I'm saying sitting out the shit everything he uses is fuel like he wake up he, he put the time in he, you know what I'm saying like he does the right things he treats people and, and if I'm if I'm if I'm a general manager, that's what I want. I want a servant leader, because that's what right. people going. That's what's going to galvanize people. Look at Kyle Lowry, right? He's not the most talented dude, but he does what it takes to win, and he's a leader. And at the end of the day, people going to respect him because at the end of the day, it's going to be like, okay, yo, this dude put out. He'll take the charge. He gonna get a ball up. He's a servant leader. People respect. Him. I like that. I like that. So, in all these places you've been, man, and let's say, man, they all won, man. What do you think was, like, the common denominator that all of them had that made them winners? Um, organization, uh, competent help. Um, you know, they were, they were built by great architects. Like, all three of those programs was built by, like, great architects. You know, and, um, other than the City Rocks, I was blessed to be, to see, like, the infantile stages of both. So, okay. like, for me, it's like, they all, like, they do things the right way. They don't try to cut corners, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they're interested in the process. And anytime you're interested in the process, the overall outcome is going to be what you want it to be because you're going to take your time and build it the right way. Like, you're not looking for no shortcuts. So if I do things the right way, like, you was there, like, you see dudes in the gym with these kids all the yeah. time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Helping them with their homework, their literacy, like, how to talk, how to walk, how to be... Yep. A young man like can get what they want out this whole basketball experience, and that's important. So we didn't skip. They it was no skeptic. You don't nobody skipped steps. It was just systematically build it so you can have it. Because once you build the infrastructure of anything, whether it be your family, a basketball organization, anything like once you build the infrastructure the correct way, it's gonna stand the test of time. Because 
the bottom of it is sturdy. It's not going to fall. Yeah. What do you think the um, the style difference is from, from um, coming up top to listening to going down south? How's the game different? Specific of different regions. Oh. Oh. That's a good question, man. Um, <laughs> you, great players like other places are more willing to play together. Okay. Like they, oh. they come up differently. Like they don't come up with the whole pitting each other against each other like whole mindset. Oh, like they, they like, you know, great players, they'll be cool to play with each other for the most part. Like New York is just from a young age, they create instead of creating the competition from within because no one next to you is gonna make you work hard harder it has to be that competition that burned from within to be great that's gonna make you work harder that's gonna always that's never gonna let you be complacent and let you chase it you know what i'm saying that it because it's gonna be times you don't feel like working you're gonna be sore your knee gonna be what makes you chase it and it's that thing inside of you that wants you to be the great and the great players they got it they got it like they have that thing that that makes them want to be great like all the ones I've been around, like they all got that same DNA. Yeah, cause you have, you have been, wasn't Brian Boston on that team with Sharif and was BJ, him? yeah, BJ was with us, Isaac Okoro. Yup. Yeah. Top five pick, yeah. Yeah, yeah you got like a super mm-hmm. team, man. <laughs> oh yeah, man. And, and you know, they were some great kids, man. It was like, it was so much fun cause the kids were good, man. Like. They love basketball. They love to be in the gym. And you know that AOT story is like a super, super unique story where I think like the documentary is just going to be like crazy because like when you see like how it was built, how literally like you got all these kids from a town in Georgia that go on and win a national championship at a public school that's never won before. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Um, it, Like there's only been three national high school player of the years as juniors. Sharif, Cooper, Greg Oden, LeBron James in history. You know what I'm saying? Like City of Palms. There's only three public schools that ever won it. Lonzo Ball and them did it. Jalen Brown and them did it. Sharif Cooper did it. Named MVP as an underclassman at the City of Palms. Tony, I think maybe one other person that's ever done it. So like, this kid has been creating history everywhere he went. And that's that's why I be laughing because I'm just like, AOT never existed before Sharif. He put us on the map to where it's, I would like to say we probably was the most popular, one of the most talked about and followed AAU teams in recent memory. Yeah. Like our game was the same. Like people could, man, I used to see kids try to like strafe, like damn near strip his clothes off. Kids want socks, shorts. He would give it to them and stuff like that. So like that was built like, like, you know, by Sharif's dad, like built from the beginning. Like, and if people know their history on AOT, like um Coop had a girls like he had about eight or nine mcdonald american girls like his daughter was the number one player in the country he had diamond the shield alicia gray Derek henry all those girls like he had all of them yeah. like he you think aot boys was doing something what he did with the girls was unspeakable like like they was just loaded like loaded 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 you know what i'm saying and he built it under the nose of everybody in georgia like he built it right there like in front of everybody took kids from one town. Like, I'm talking about they're all from Powder Springs. Quentin, like, Isaac, Sharif, like all those kids, like, Allen, like, they all from that town and they grew up together. Like, they played together their whole life. 
So to me, it was a super unique story to see see them go undefeated, win the city of Palms, finish number one in the country, like at, from a public school. Yeah, that's history, man. Yeah, that's impressive. I didn't realize they were all from the same town like that. You all from the same town, McEachin. I mean, on um, Powder Springs, Georgia. Yup. Yeah. Wow. Yup. So, yeah, man, it's good to see those kids doing good, man. Hey, Moose, let me ask you this: um, from your time playing, from you, I guess, getting to AAU basketball to as, as you speak right now, now, are the players changed? Are the players more softer, so to speak, or are they more athletic? How you feel about that assessment? Um, I don't want to say softer. They're just different. So, you know, when I was young, right, the best players came from the hood. That's not the case no more. The best players come from two family houses, the <laughs> suburbs, good, well-to-do parents. They get trainers, like they're good <laughs> kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, probably nobody paid them no mind. There's no pressure on them to save the whole family. You understand what I'm saying to you? They're just enjoying the game and they just get good at it. You know what I'm saying? So that's where the game has changed. Like, before we had the Allen Iverson. Like, we don't have the Allen Iverson no more due from his poor conditions. Like, our best players in the league, other than the kids that's from Compton and maybe LeBron James, tell me somebody that comes from dire circumstances. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? All these dudes are sons of former athletes from the suburbs. You know what I'm saying? Look at them. You know, like, most of them come from mixed um, backgrounds. Look at the best. Zach Levine, Steph Curry, Bradley Bill, Kawhi, uh, PG, Russ. I, I mean, KD, I mean, you can say he from the hood, but when you got talent like that, you might grow up from the hood, like your area code address, but through basketball, you live a life of privilege. Yeah. So even though KD might not have had a lot of money since 10th grade, he's lived a life of privilege. You understand yeah, what I'm saying? I, he, 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 don't, he don't know, like you could be in the hood, but not be poor. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So through basketball, he's lived a life of privilege. So if you look at the best players in the league. They don't come from dire circumstances. Gordon Hayward. Like, look at the dudes that's getting to the money. Donovan <laughs> Mitchell. Yeah. Like, they come from stability, loving families that that's not putting no pressure on them to play basketball. And that's why they're successful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they don't have to carry the burden of carrying the whole family. Yeah, because that's when the bad choices. See, your best work in life will be done, will never be done for money. Once you start getting paid, it's work like it's not it's not the love no more it's, it ain't the same you understand what i'm saying so you gotta you gotta find that with with why like why am i doing this every morning i want my name up in lights like okay like well i gotta bust my ass for it because at the end of the day this money not gonna really matter i mean yeah the money is great i got the money now what? what's gonna motivate you that's why when you look at the draft you see the guys that smiling because they're gonna have a real good time that night and they and this is they dreamed about the stuff that come with going to the NBA, and you got the guys that cry that because they want to be great, and and this is a dream it is like and this is like everything like because people always told them they'll never make it. Okay. Yeah. So up top here recently we had we had the um the tournament where we got to see PSA play with Gaucho and some Rens and the Jayhawks and stuff. 
So we got to see who's come together who had never came together before. So I thought that yeah, was That's what you good. call coming together? <laughs> well, put it this way, they didn't have the same animosity that they usually have. <laughs> they do. It's just, you know, like, listen, man, in any walk of life, it's going to be the haves and the have-nots, man. Like, yeah. when PSA was in its infantile stages, I've seen people do everything they could to stop their momentum. Like, yeah. everything. They just couldn't touch much because he outworked people. You know what I'm saying? See, like, people don't understand. Like, people think success is something that just happens. No, man, it don't. Like, it, it, it it's, it's what you consistently do. You know what I'm saying? So if you consistently chase excellence, you consistently keep the right people around you that's smarter than you. All great bosses keep people around them that's smarter than them. All the great ones. Yeah. All of them. They're great judges of character and they keep the, keep intelligent people around them because if somebody always agreeing with you, they're not going to help you grow. You know what I'm saying? And that, like, for me, that that's that's what, you know, sticks out the most. Like, like I learned so much, like, just being around Jim Hart. Like, that was a, a whole total different experience for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, because that was like, okay, you're not dealing with inner city kids no more for the most part. Like, and it was just a whole different experience. And I learned so much that, that yeah, I was up there. It was like, it was great. Yo, well, Moose, man, ask you this. Um, you know, Tom Kachowski passed away a little while ago. You said who? Tom Kachowski. Oh, man. Yeah, exactly. So you have any memories of him? Yo, he's a giant, man. Like, he, he was a giant. Like, for real. Like, he, like, his humility... It like was second to none. Like that dude's like diligence, his humility, like his integrity, his honesty, like was everything. Like he was like one of the shining lights in basketball, man. This is a big, big loss for New York. Like we lost one of our biggest ambassadors, like the, somebody that always stayed ten tone, two toes down, and was a real advocate for the game. You know what I'm saying? So, yo, man, I'm personally like gonna miss the heck out of Tom, like for real, man. Just seeing him on the road, like. Just, you know what I'm saying? Like that handshake, like how he looked at you and, it, and, it's, and it's genuine, it ain't fake. Like he literally be happy to see you. And right. it can remember, like his memory, like I don't think I've ever seen a human being like that. Like a dude that could just departmentalize information like that dude, man, and willingness to share it. You know what I'm saying? We lost a giant, man. Like a real, 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 real giant. Like, and I'm not even just talking about no basketball, like, I'm talking about the, the human being, like real life. We lost a giant, man. Hmm. And you know, um, you know, rest easy to Tom. Tom, like, I don't know if I ever told him, like, he was always a motivation for me. Like, I, like when I was a kid, people laughed. Like, like I used to want to, like, I used to want to do what he do. Like, I, like that was like the dopest thing in the world to me. Like going around watching basketball. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's how, like, that's a lot of my love for it came from that, man. Like for real, for real. So I used to like, you know, when I be going, when I go to do reports and stuff and scout games and stuff, like I don't never um, ask for the names. And that's because of Tom, because I want to sit there and I want to properly evaluate the kid. Cause they'll Jedi mind trick you into thinking somebody's good. <laughs> they'll trick you into it. Cause they'll be telling you this dude right here is top five in the country, right? You might watch him walk up, run up and down the court 15 times and don't do nothing. <laughs> 
And then he'll put somebody's shot on the glass or he'll hit a long three or he'll dunk on somebody. And then we'll be like, oh my God, yo, that kid is real. And he got a whole hard four points. You know what I'm saying? Like, so when I used to do, when I used to just get the kids numbers and at the end of the camps, give the people what I thought, give them an assessment of what I'm watching, not what I've been told, you'd be less impressed with a lot of these kids, honestly. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you know, yeah. so the kids ain't softer. It's just the game is different now, man. It, it doesn't require you to be tough no more. Like, man, you had to be tough to get through them hand checks, man. It was just wasn't no joke. Yeah. And that's why I try to tell people, like, you can't compare errors. Only compare greatness in their error because the games is different. Like, like I try to tell you, Michael Joy, if you couldn't touch him, he might average 60. Yeah. You couldn't touch him? Like, that triple threat, rip through, jab game he had? Good yeah. night, man. <laughs> Good night. That's why I be telling these young boys, I can't talk to y'all about that dude, man. I can't I can't even have a real conversation with you about him. He was that different. Right. Yeah. I understand why y'all think, like, dudes could mess with him because, like, if I didn't see it myself, I wouldn't believe somebody was ever that good at this game like that. I wouldn't believe it. You know what I'm saying? Michael Joy, he was different. And he was built different, which when I watched The Last Dance, I realized something. That's when I first realized, like, yo, you really can't compare dudes from different eras because Michael Jordan, as great as he is, he wouldn't be as successful in this era. I don't think so. The reason why I'm saying it, though, is because these dudes' temperaments are different now. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, they wouldn't allow him to be the teammate that he was. Somebody, dudes would walk out the door like nobody would want to play with him. Right. Because yeah. you can imagine how much money he would be making right now. Like you've seen how much he was making back then. So you can yeah. imagine how much he'd be making right now. <laughs> Seriously, he didn't really hang out with his teammates like that. He wasn't really a social guy like that. He, he really did his own thing. Like if Kyrie Irving left LeBron James, what you think dudes would have been doing to Michael Jordan? LeBron passed the ball. Like, <laughs> What you think, like, Mike Jordan, a dad tell you, like, yo, don't shoot. Yeah. <laughs> it's different eras, man. For me, like, you, you know, you got to compare greatness in this era. Who dominates their era? Yeah. So, but listen, all of, all, from all the basketball stuff you say, what do you want to do with the game, man? What's, what's your, your progression and your next step? Oh, uh, man. So, like, you know, I've been doing the grassroots thing. Like, basically, I'm in the, um, I'm trying to build my own consultant company, Residual Incorporated. Okay. So like, it's basically like consulting on different levels of basketball and business and stuff like that. Like, so I'm I'm interested in building that brand. Like, you know, I, I've had fun. I've helped, I think I've helped a lot of young men. Like, it's been fun. Like, I, I got so many memories and like stories from AAU days, like so many relationships, you know what I'm saying? Like, so like for me, it's like, you know, like, I can go to this next phase with my head up. Like, I, I think I've been able to impact a lot of different lives and stuff like that. So I'm kind of proud of that. Oh, that's great. Man. That's great. No, but it's been a unique ride. Like, I, I think eventually I'm going to do a documentary on it because it was like, I, I blinked and it was like, damn, like eight years just, just left. Like nine years just <laughs> left. And it, and it was like, it was just like a situation where it was like, yo, like, you know, it was it was unbelievable sometimes. Like it was just like, damn, like you see these kids, like I'm looking at some of these kids, they in 
they in the league and I remember like they was 12 years old with me like you know what I'm saying 13 okay. years old like you know questioning their life you know yeah. what I'm saying like so you know see Donovan Mitchell like I remember when he was a little kid he just had the super biggest feet you ever seen on a young kid in your life <laughs> and you know everybody thought he would be like 6'6 because he was just athletic he had that build but he just never really grew but yo man he, he wanted it like he wanted it he had a chance to go to Providence. Providence wanted him bad. He was going to commit to Providence. Coach Cooley was telling him he was going to start, blah, 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 you know, this and that. But he went to go play for Rick Pitino because he wanted to be great. He gotcha. wanted it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to go over here. I'd rather go over here and fight for it. You know what I'm saying? And that doubt, that fear that I'm not good enough, that's refused him to this day. To the, you see him play? He played like somebody chasing him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like, no, 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 I don't want you to be as good as me. No, no, no. Oh, okay, Shaq said I ain't good enough. All right, I'm going to average 30 for the second half of the year. You understand what I'm saying? That fear, that fear of not being good enough, it drives the great ones. Like Kevin Durant, like them dudes, they're in the gym. They're not thinking about another person. They're thinking about the fear, the fear of them not being good enough, whatever good enough might be. Good enough might be to score 60 in a closeout game. Good enough yeah. might be to score on the double team with five seconds left. You know what I'm saying? That fear of not being good enough, that's what drives them great ones, man. Like, they, they, they're driven by that fear. Like, Durant, he's driven by that fear. Like, oh, one day I might not be able to score on somebody. Right. That's why he just looks the way he does. Uh, Moves, you made two important questions, though. We start a team right now, Kobe or LeBron? If I'm starting a team, yeah, yeah. I gotta go with LeBron. I gotta go with LeBron. Player or team player? What's that? Why? Why so? He's a generational leader, man. Like he's, like he's, he's the, he's it. Like he's the boss. Like he's the, he's it. Like I can't, I don't know how to explain it, man. Like it's like, <laughs> what else do you want in a human being? Like a leader? Like, what, like he's done it all. Like, I, like how do you pass him up for anybody? Right. Okay. Um, I'm starting the team. Right, no question about it. And uh, I would say for your years watching NBA to now, what would be your all-time starting five in NBA? My all-time starting five. So are you asking me who's the best player in my opinion at every position? <laughs> or are you asking me like who, who would I put on my team? You. It's your personal five. Oh, I get my own personal starting five. So I yeah. get um, I get um. I mean, I'm gonna just pick people I know, like so, like you know what I'm saying, like that ain't that ain't fair. Like I'm gonna pick people I know, like okay. But if you're asking me who's the best at each position, I think Magic is the best point guard of all time. Still, I okay. think Jordan is the best at the two. I think LeBron has, yeah, LeBron has, has become the best all time for Larry Bird, man. I hate to admit it, but he has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim Duncan is by far the best power forward to ever play, and the best center of all time. Oh, New York City royalty, Louis Alcindor. Got to go with him. Mm. All right, nice. Can't beat that at all, bro. Nice, nice. Yeah, so. definitely, man. So, like, that would be those are my guys. Mm-hmm. That's tough. So, so Moose, if you wasn't working with basketball and that wasn't your thing, what would you be doing? I can't say it on here. 
That's a good question, man. I'm not sure, man. Like I was a I was a financial aid counselor for a while at Philly Dickinson University, and okay. you know that's kind of like how my introduction with the basketball game was because I was working at Philly Dickinson. That's when I started working at ABCD camp. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So that's how I met a lot of people. I met a lot of relationships in the basketball world because you know the people that's running the basketball world right now they were OBCD in different capacities like. They was running for other agents. They were working with shoe companies. Like these are the dudes that's running the game now. So I remember them from back then. You know, so like yeah, I was a financial aid counselor. You know, that was cool. It was a great experience too. It showed me like, you know, how America works. Like, you know, college is the biggest hustle in America. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's the biggest hustle in America because it gives you an illusions of it. But at the same at the same time, it sets you back in life. Yeah. Like going to college, only good for the relationships and the, the achievement part of it. When you walk out them doors, 99% of the stuff you learned in that classroom is gonna be useless to you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So your network, that's what you learn in college that's gonna help you in real life. Like how to build relationships. Cause that's all this, that's all life is really about. I've gotten so many opportunities and done so many things that most people would never get a chance to do, just on the simple premise of the relationships I, be, I was able to build. You know what I'm saying? Because I always value relationships. Now I would do like dudes would come to New York, and I would do I would I would I would, I would look out for them just on the strength of having a relationship. You know what I'm saying? And they would call me for anything. Like I'll be courtside at you know I've been going courtside the games for 20 years, man. Like you know what I'm saying? Like dudes are like. You know, you just got to always, like, have value, like, fungible assets, things that's easily disposable. Like, that's what I always try to tell people. You want to be a, you don't never want to be a fungible asset, something that's easily replaceable. Like, you always want to have value in anything and anywhere you go. Like, have, most importantly, value yourself. Yeah. And, I, and, and I've been guilty of that myself, too. Sometimes I don't, I don't give myself enough credit. Like, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But I was never in it for credit, though. It was it was never about that for me. For me, it was always about the kids and impacting and making a difference and just my pure love for the game. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was always about that for me. Yeah. So, you know, every stop was unique. Like it was some it was unique experiences like on every all three stops, man. It was just super unique. Yeah. But that's one of the things I was telling you when we spoke from the outside, you could see that you were saying you're moving around and saying wherever you want, it was successful. So even if you didn't see people outside, you know. Um, yeah, man, I mean, I mean, like, yo, like, it's just about bringing value. But also, man, like, you know, like, those two guys, like, I knew before basketball. You understand yeah. what I'm saying to you? Like, so, it's a little different for me. Like, you know, it wasn't like no basketball stuff while I was involved with them. It was family stuff. Like, I know those dudes, like, for years. Like, months I've known since seven years old, eight years old, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, we, like I've known him my whole life basically Coop I've known since I was a young teen you know what I'm saying like so when it come to basketball like City Rocks was a basketball thing like I, I went did. up there to go basketball it was mostly an egotistical thing like I just wanted to see if I could just go up there and you know and do some things and you know Tim he let me do it like he he, he trusted me like he trusted my eye talent he, he, he just let me he let me do my thing man and, and I think we are the best year in the history of the program.
Like, yeah, we we won Boo Williams. We beat Georgia Stars, man. Georgia Stars, Davion Mitchell, um, Chumo Kiki was on that team. The big seven-footer, Ike, he was on that team. Wendell Carter, like all of them do. Wow. We was the only team that beat them that season. They didn't. They lost one game that whole season. Wow. And we beat them in the tip. It was just great. And I remember everybody was talking about how we was going to get blown out. And I was telling these kids, like, the best part about this is you get to write your own story. <laughs> you get to write your own story. We in the middle of Boo Williams. No one expected us to be in the championship game. They're going to give us a million reasons why we're going to go out here and get blown out. But guess what? We got something else. Right. We definitely got something for them. And man, them kids played they when I'm saying they played they be odds off. I couldn't believe it. Like, cause it was dudes that I was looking at like, oh, I don't know if this kid is quite good enough. And them dudes just played together. They ain't care who got the credit. Yo, it was it was it was unbelievable, man. It was it was one of my better experiences um, you know, in AU. You know, dad and you know, you go to Peace Jam and stuff like that, you know, just going down there the first time um with Munch, this his first time at Peace Jam. Like just some of those experiences you can't pay for. Like, you know, you come, we in a, we in a, first of all, they put us in a bracket. They put us in the pool. Much gonna kill me for telling the story, but it's funny, yo. <laughs> so it's Amari Stoudemire big man camp. So Nike do, at the time they was doing positional camps. Like, you know, the point guard camp was yeah. Kyrie Irving, Chris Paul, you know, Amari Stoudemire big man camp, Kevin Durant wing camp. So we in Jersey at the, um, we in Jersey at the big man camp. I forgot who we was dropping off. We see the dudes from Nike. They had just put the pools out. This is his first time being in um, Peace Jam. First year to deal everything. So, you know, it's, you know, everybody antsy, like, okay. Because at that time, if I'm not mistaken, Munch was the first guy in the history of EYBL to go to Peace Jam the first year of his deal. That was like a big deal. Like, your first year get deal going to Peace Jam? Because it never happened. Mm. So that was a big deal at the time. And everybody saying, yo, Y'all gonna get spanked, this and that. So the dudes that was running Nike at the time, he came to Munch and was like, yeah, man, you know, y'all, y'all have fun in that pool, man. Y'all gonna be some pool play dudes. Like, y'all, y'all ain't getting out of that pool. Munch was like, oh, yeah, we not. <laughs> and the pools came out. So we got Mac Urban Fire in our pool. They got Jaleel Okafor, Cliff Alexander, Jalen Brunson on their team. We, um, we got Houston Hoops in our pool. We got De'Aaron, they got De'Aaron Fox. Justin Jackson, Justice Winslow, Kelly Oubre, and the kid Carson Edwards. Um, you got wow. you had Jackson Tigers. They had Malik Newman. You had the Texas Titans with Julius Randle and them. Uh, Matt Jones and all those guys. You had all these dudes is in our pool. <laughs> so I get down there late. We lose the first game. Now when you lose the first game, you pretty much. 75% your stuff packed. You ain't getting out of the pool once you lose that first game. Mm. So we lost the first game. Mind you, I'm just happy we in Peace Jam. I'm like, we here. Like, you know what I'm saying? We get the hoop. The next day, we beat Jackson Tigers. So now we one and one. So now we got to play Houston Hoops, I think it is. Everybody expecting us to get killed because they just beat us. You know, Kelly Oubre had dunked on Shaq. At LeBron camp, something like nasty, 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 nasty. Sports in it though. So we playing against them and all that. Like we just like, damn, like this is gonna be a tough game. Cause, but you know, we figured it out. Like, cause I was I was watching them all week. I was watching that team all year, and I just kept looking at them. And I was just saying to myself, like, De'Aaron Fox, he's super young. Justice Winslow is a really good player, but 
he's a really good all-around player. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Kelly Oubre, he was just emerging as a, like, coming into his own. He was good. But the one thing I noticed, I said, the only dude that can flat-out score is Justin Jackson. And I was like, yo, much. we don't have no answer for him. But if you can keep <laughs> Kelly Oubre off that fast break, we can beat yeah, them. Right. Yeah. He had four points. We wound up winning that game. And then when we won the game, it was crazy because, you know, I remember after the game we won, we were super hyped. I was like, yo, bud, yo, you the man, yo. And he was like, nah, we got a big, we got a tough one. And it was um, back Irving fire. Last game, win to get out of the pool. Because when we beat Houston Hoops, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. Like, everybody in there was like, yo, they just beat Houston Hoops. Yo, because they had four first-round picks on their team. <laughs> four. So... We, we, we in there, we like, damn, we got to play Mac Urban Fire. And I got this on my phone, too. You know what? I'm going to post it. So we upstairs, right? And we talking to Boo. I'm talking to Boo Williams. Like, me and him just talking. Eventually, like, 25 people start coming around us. And me and him talking and all that. And I was like, yo, I was like, I was like, yo, go. Nobody think, like, we going to beat Mac Urban Fire. He was like, y'all going to beat them. I was like, you think so? He was like, yeah. He was like, the kid Okafor. He don't like to pass out that double team. His body, body double teaming real fast. He gonna turn the ball over. Like he was like, y'all, y'all got the bigs to play with them, and y'all got better guard player, and better coaching. He was like, y'all gonna win that game. Everybody was like, they not beating Mac Irvin fight. They not beating Mac Irvin fight. Yo, that he was talking about like Allen Iverson. I said, yo, and Allen obviously got a chance to play in on um, EYBL. He said, man, they would have called the fire department, man. <laughs> he said, yo, if Chuck was here. He said they this wouldn't none of this would be happening. He said they would caught the fire department. Wouldn't have been enough space in here, man. It would have got crazy. And, I, and he was just talking, telling bad stories. So the next day, I know it's a big game, but when you walk in the arena, like you see, you know how like Peace Jam is, you got like seven gyms. Yeah. When you walk in the arena, you see like four people over here trying to get in, four people, and you see like a line that looked like Jordan just came out. Mm. <laughs> trying to get in that gym. I had to pull an open dope to get in there. I'm saying it's packed to the rappers in there. Yo, when I'm saying it's so hot in that gym, I'm talking about Shaq Diallo, Chris McCullough, Terry Laria, Jaleel Ogle. I'm talking about, when I'm saying every hot college coach in America, anybody in America that's somebody that, anybody. Coach K, Coach Izzo, Calipari is front row sitting next to each other. And they all recruiting Jaleel Ogle for the time. Cliff Alexander. Bayhound walked in the gym. I'm talking about it's packed to the rafters in there. Everybody, the dudes from New York is coming to watch us lose. You know that New York Chicago, that New York Chicago energy in that gym was crazy. The whole side in Chicago, us, we got us, and then we got the New York dudes that don't fuck with us. That's at the games. Hoping we lose, but don't nobody want the new upstart program in the city. Just got a Nike deal. Gauchos don't got a deal no more. Riverside's gone. Everybody's mad. Yeah. And now this dude is about to get out of pool play. And yo, and that game was like so crazy because we get down about 13 points quick. Check mm. get two fouls. We get down 13 points quick. And I just remember Munch calling the timeout. He just started flipping on them dudes like, I'm gonna let them take this much. And yo, and that was that was Shavar Newper. Like yeah. kid from New York. Now listen to me, man. I, people probably don't know who Siobhan Newkirk is, right? This kid was like so unorthodox and so different. He used to drive me crazy. But let me tell you something. 
You talking about a bad MFO? Like, I'm talking about a gamer. Like, you ever seen a dude, you'll watch his game, and he just flat out produced. You don't like the way, it don't look great, but he just gets it done. Man, he played his ass off. He played his ass off. And it was so rewarding because, you know, coming from the New York City Catholic League, you know, the Catholic League was down. So there's no size in New York. So when you get to the basket, you get to the basket and there's a layup. But when you get to that EYBL, man, them dudes got size. Like, you go to that basket, they coming. You know what I'm saying? They coming to get it. And at that time, you know, Shavar was coming from the city. He was adjusting. It's a whole, this is a whole new level. For all, most of these kids, except the kids that's in prep school, because they play against this kind of town all the time. Yeah. But from the New York City, no. And, yo, man, to see Shavar come that far and play the way he played in Peace Jam, it was just like... It, it was a it was a surreal feeling, man. It, it, it that that was a crazy feeling, man. It was it was dope to see, like, you know, because Malik Newman beat us on the last second shot, the first session. He beat us on the last second shot. Shavar begged much to guard him. He beat us on the last second shot. When we played them in Peace Jam, we was down one. He had the ball, one four flat. Shavar picked him. He tried the same move. Shavar picked him. Got the ball, threw it to Chris. Dunk. We go up three. We wound up winning. Nice. And he was the best player on the court against Mac Irvin Fire. It was five pros on the court. He was the best player on the court that day. When we went down 13, he took over the game. Like, he just made every play. Steals, layups, re- he took a rebound from Jaleel Okafor one time and got an and one. And then Shaq come back in the game. Chris played the game of his life. We wound up winning. Man, that silence in that gym. All those mad-ass Chicago dudes out of here, like, knowing they got to go home. That was... That was that was that was the best. That was one of the best feelings in life. That was that, that was awesome. Buddy. Awesome. When you got ten people in there that believe in you, and like That's I'm it. talking about, dudes want us to lose. When that That's game start turning, like man, man, that that it, it, it was something else. That was that was that was something else. Oh, that's great, man. Hey, yeah, man, it was, it was good, man. It was it was it was a great experience. Hey, Coach, actually, do, do you recall watching uh, the USA Hawks years ago when they had like Grant uh, and Chutney Gray and uh, Of course I do. Chut is my man. You talking about Kevin too, Morris Chuck. and all them dudes? Yeah, Chut my man too, Chut, from way back. And uh, they had um, uh, Tyrone Grant. Uh, Tyrone Grant, Chutney, Kevin Morris. They had, um, um, no, Eric Barkley and them was the next year. Uh, uh, Willie Dersh. Yeah. That team was loaded, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember those dudes. Okay. They was tough. Yeah. See, but see, you remember that team? That was when New York had three AAU teams and dudes didn't care about, like, dudes wanted to play with Riverside. It wasn't no, oh, I'm going to go over here and play. It was, yo, yeah. I'm on Riverside. The level right. dude was a hot major. You yeah. know what I'm saying, team? So, yes. like, that, that's what I'm saying. You can't compare errors. Like, mm-hmm. you can't get no Ron Ron, no Elton Brand. And, and all these dudes that play on the same team in New York right now, man? No, 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 you couldn't. But the irony in the whole thing, bro, is this. If you look at the dudes that's getting drafted. Hello? Yes. Oh, if you look at the dudes that's getting drafted, right? It's the guys that, that was the glue guys in high school on the AAU team that had to do the other shit around the other dudes that took all the shots. Those are the guys. <laughs> Because when you go to the NBA, right, 99.999% of the dudes that's getting drafted is not good enough to be 
the best score, two or three scorers on their NBA team. So how are you going to get on the court? What are you yeah. going to bring to the table that's going to make that coach put you on the court? And those are the dudes that's getting drafted. Eight, if you look at the top 10 last year, eight out of those top 10 players were not the best players on their AAU team. Yeah, I, I can believe that. I'm telling you. Isaac Okoro, Patrick Williams, Tyrese Holly Burton played with Tyler Hero in high school. Um, Who else you got in that draft? Most of them wasn't. The guys that was the guys, those are the guys that fell in the draft because, quote, unquote, they say you don't know how to play. Yeah. I tell them. The team is the team is usually around them, and you're not going to the league, and they put the team around you. That's Nobody's it. teaching them efficiency. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You, you might be a lottery pick, but you ain't better than me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how them dudes in college be, mindset be. Because a year before you came, somebody was telling them they was lottery. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So the ones that don't think about the NBA is the ones that make it. If you're thinking about the NBA, it's going to be so much harder for you to make it. Mm. You can't be thinking about it. You got to be invested in the process. And when it's time, the NBA going to call your phone. You don't got to call them. They going to call you when it's time. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, like, I just want to see the game keep growing. I hate what they doing to AAU now. They trying to they trying to take it out the hands of the people that created it and built it. Mm. And, you know, like, I'm just anxious to see the next. I think the next wave of basketball is going to be dudes is going to go. Start coaching AAU, and what they're gonna do is they're gonna get a good group of kids, and they're gonna walk out with them group group of kids, and they're gonna become an agent and start representing the kids that they help grow. I, I think that's the, I think that's the way. I think that that's definitely. Listen the way. to me, man. Listen to me, bro. Let me tell you something, man. I seen this AAU shit from the other side of it. People only comfortable with your presence when you when when they can pimp you. Gotcha. You understand what I'm saying? So they'll look at you like, like, I'm not even gonna put his name out here, but a real prominent college coach said to me, he was like, you know, I respect the way you do things because you do it for the right reasons. Like, um, you ain't about um trying to make money. I said, well, coach, all due respect, last time I Googled you, you make more money than anybody off these kids. <laughs> <laughs> so who who are you to tell somebody what capacity? They could be in the kid's life that they've helped the whole time. Like, why does why does people feel like because you do you, you're a servant leader that you shouldn't get paid? Yeah. You know, like people talking about the girl from Black Lives Matter saying she bought a three million dollar house. First of all, if we're taking care of people that's providing service for us and fighting for us, that makes me proud. How is yeah. that a negative thing that she's able to live comfortably? You know, we we always trying to find a we we knock our own heroes, and that's that's why we don't say it again. We knock, we our, knock own our own heroes. Yeah. Like 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 people talk about yo, and it's and it's so funny. Like this whole world, like our youth are brainwashed. Yeah, you can't. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like so, these guys' minds are are poisoned for attention. Everything is about attention. Like a kid is playing fourth grade basketball, their parents recording it just to put them put it up there like and it and it and it and it, and it creates a fallacy in the kid mind that scoring and doing the things that's going to get you on the video mean more than other things when it's the opposite yeah you know what i'm saying like 
Real value comes in doing things that others can't or are not willing to do. That's real value. Mm. Yeah. But you know what? You said something that's interesting. That's true. Like, why is it that somebody will somebody go out and work, you coach, you help develop the kid and everything else? Everybody's comfortable with the idea of somebody else getting the money to move to move them to the next level, but not not working with the people who help get them there. Because that's 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 for four hundred years systematically, we're taught to not trust and hate each other. We're taught that. You know what I'm saying? We're we're literally taught these things, like how to not trust each other. So, like we take it like when like in our community, when people achieve, it's the it's the stun on the people that's that's not achieving. In their community, when they achieve, it's to help everybody else around them achieve as well. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you ever see you ever you ever seen a a, a rich white wealthy man go out with his friends? And they're not rich and wealthy as well. Yeah, that's true. No, because they're gonna help you. If 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 they rock with you and, and they value you and they find a link to make money, they're gonna help the people they love to make money. Like like Dogecoin and all that, right? Think about those um rich white um people that invested in Dogecoin, right? Mm-hmm. You think they invested in that joint by themselves? Or you think they told everybody around them that this was the next lift to jump in on? They told everybody, you know that. And how many people you think in that one circle is rich right now of Dogecoin? That one circle. They all get it. Exactly, man. And that's what America is. America is 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 is, is, is encourages you to make as much money as you can. And let me tell you something, man. When they opened up the when they opened up Cuba a few years ago, I said to myself, in a couple of years, we're gonna figure this out. Why are they doing this, right? So yeah. I think the whole purpose of opening up Cuba was to make us comfortable with communism. Because at the end of the day, I'm starting to see that yo, we're not far from being communism. When they start telling you curfews, when you gotta be in the house, you gotta wear your mask to do this, you gotta get a vaccine to do that. What is that? That eliminates choices. <laughs> yeah. Am I tripping? No, not at all. Not at all. Like, so for me, it's like, you know, like AAU is the same. They got Condoleezza Rice overlooking the NCAA and um, AAU basketball. Somebody that don't know nothing about AAU basketball. Nothing. That's crazy. She that. don't understand our people. She don't understand how this thing go. She don't understand how much people put into other people's children i put a lot into a lot of other people's kids man yeah know what i'm saying a lot of times they don't even appreciate it they think that it was a pleasure for you to work with their kid because here's the reality (laughs) of it when their kid go on the nba and do great things it don't change your life you still got to do the same things you've been doing Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's tough that's what i always tell them yo what i'm telling you is for you when you walk across that stage, <laughs> it ain't gonna change my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's the reality. It's not gonna change my life when you walk across that stage, man. Not you at know? all. So I want you to be armed with the right things. Like I want you to because because here's the thing: if you go into the NBA and you become rich as hell and you don't impact your community, I fail. 
But if you go to the NBA, do great things, and reach down and do amazing things for other people, then it was all worth it. Yeah. Good thing. Uh, hey, Coach, let me ask you. Um, never seen a Chet Holmgren or a Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said, have yeah. I ever seen him? Yeah, see, you've seen the guys play live in person. You said Chet Holmgren and who else? Imani Bates from um, Michigan. Yeah, I, I, I've seen them. Are they the real deal? Um, Chet Holmgren <laughs> is the real deal. All the people going with him yet. Because I haven't seen him in the fire yet. It looks right. good on tape. Right. It looks good as hell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's certain things you can't tell until they in that fire. Like, I haven't seen him look in another dude's eyes. Like, I ain't seen him. Like, those dudes that come along, that stamp they putting on him, those dudes that came along that they gave that stamp to, you seen them in that matchup. Like, and be like, all right, he like that. Like, when you see LeBron and Carmelo, you knew both of them was like that because of how they played against each other. Right. We haven't seen Imani Bates in that fire yet. We see him play it against... Okay, so look. He played 15U basketball. Right? He played two years of high school where they can't travel. Yeah. Like, you can't travel outside the state of Michigan to play. So, up until this point... <sighs> excuse me. I know he went to prep school this year. They had some competition. <clears throat> but he ain't really been in that fire. The best players in the country in his class have not played against him yet. Like, if you ask the best players in that class, they're going to tell you I haven't played against him. Mm. He played against Shed Holmgren. We all saw that. Yeah, we saw that. You understand what I'm saying? So, you can't, like, the jury's still out. But it looks good, though. I'm not ready to call him no Kevin Durant because I'm just not that dumb. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't that dumb to call nobody that. Yeah. There'd probably never be another him, ever. Ever. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not I'm not gonna go there and say that. I think if everything works out for him, he could be Jason Tatum. That's fair. That's fair. But when you say Kevin Durant, like you gotta go stand next to him to, to, to understand his story. Like he could shake your hand from across the street. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying to you? His shot radius when he get ready to shoot is like he next to the rim. So when he he get to mix it and doing all this he don't even got to step back on you he just pull up in your face because you can't get to it yeah you can't get to it so Imani Bates is a really talented kid but Shed Holmgren he impacts winning gotcha like when you watch him play the things that he do on the court it impacts winning and when I watch him only thing gonna stop him from being a star is injury, man. Like, he shoots it, he passes it, he puts it on the floor, he blocks shots, he's mobile, and he's all about winning. His teams win. He wins. He only cares about it. You know what I'm saying? I I've watched him dominate games that don't shoot. Dominate. Like, you can't press when he's on the court. They put him in the middle of the press, they throw it to him, it's dunks and layups. He's gonna dribble it, kick it to the corner for a wide open three, he gonna pass it and get the lob back on defense. You know what he do on defense. Like he's he's the real deal, man. He, I think he could be a generational talent. Like he, I, I love him. Nice. I love him. If he was black and from the hood, people would say people be saying he Anthony Davis. <laughs> That's true. 
You telling me Anthony Davis was better than him at the same age? No. No. No, sir. No. No, no sir. Defensively, yo, bro, I, I guess you could say he is. I, I can't even say, yo, bro, that Shed Holmgren kid is the goods, man. He's he's legit, bro. I see him a few times, man. Huh? I see him, I see him take a few times, man. The thing for me is that hype can never go through. And that's why I love LeBron so much because I know how incredible what he's done is. Like for people to say you're the chosen one and for you to actually live up to it live is insane. It. <laughs> and that's why people think Michael, that's why people say Michael Jordan is better than LeBron because they expected this from LeBron and he delivered and no one expected that from Michael Jordan. Yeah. Nobody expected that from Michael Jordan. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you watch the 1985 All-Star game, when he go to the free throw line, they say, Michael Jordan, one of the best young all-around players in the NBA. Like, he's having a fantastic rookie year. And then when Olajuwon went to the free throw line, same rookie, they said, he's the guy that's going to change the game the next 10 years. Like, he's going to yeah. be the next dominant player for the next decade. And yeah. he was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. But Jordan was something different. And that's what I'm yeah. trying to say. It's a kid somewhere in America, a freshman in high school. No one's paying him no mind, yo. And he got greatness written all over him. Somewhere in America, probably a country town. It could be Iowa, Mississippi, Missouri, somewhere. It's a kid with a dream that's being denied. People told somebody on his team is better than him. You know what I'm saying? And he just got a dream. I know a kid name, but I ain't going to say his name right now. But it's a kid. <laughs> I'm looking at him and I'm just like, yeah, they got no clue. This kid is gonna be dynamite. <laughs> he just got everything I look for in, a, in somebody I think is gonna be a great player. Got you. Got you. Stability, man, is the most important thing. Parenting, because a lot of these kids become so good in basketball young, they lose their parents. Their parents become fans and they stop parenting. Because let me tell you something. Potential is coachability, doing the right things, and intelligence. That's potential. It doesn't matter how long your arms is. If you out partying and not doing the right things, you're not gonna reach your potential. But if you in the gym every day, you eating right, you about the right things, you watching film, trying to gain an advantage, it's gonna work out for you. Kyle Lowry is in the middle or the tail end of a Hall of Fame career. Kyle Lowry, no crossover, couldn't yeah. shoot, don't jump. He's in the middle of a Hall of Fame career. Because he's about the right thing. He's tough. He's a leader. He's a winner. You want to know something funny about that? And that goes back to what you said about college. Because remember, he played with Alan Ray and Randy Foy. And he wasn't mm -hmm. the guy. He wasn't the guy. He learned how to play the game. Servant leadership. He was not the guy. Yeah. I'm telling you. Do you know Kawhi Leonard and Tony Snell played together in high school? Wow. That's crazy. Riverside High? Yeah. Kawhi was a face-up five man. He get mm. every rebound. I, I remember seeing him like, yo, he looks deformed. Like, this shit don't <laughs> even look right. Like, look at him, yo. He looks deformed. Like, he, yo, his arms long as hell. His hands, he could choke an elephant with his hands. Right. Like, it, it was like ridiculous like and all you could ever see was him play defense and rebound the ball yeah and i mean rebound the ball like rebound rebound the ball 
15 a game, rebounds, like, yeah. chasing it, like, worked on this game, became an icon. Because if you look at all the great wings, right, other than Carmelo Anthony and Jason Tatum and LeBron, all the great wings in the NBA, they trick people with their defense. To get in the game, like Paul George, Kawhi, all them dudes, Jalen Brown, all the great wings, they all trick you with their defense, and then you figure out, well, this kid can actually score too. Yeah. They tricked you with their defense. That's how you that's how they got on the court. Yeah. You, you understand what I'm saying? So for so for me, it's like like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like when you learning how to play the game the right way. I tell parents all the time, the better, the faster you put your kid around other really good players, the better off he's gonna be in the long run. Because when you learn how to how to be efficient, that is danger. Like when you know that seven shots is coming your way and you better make four of them and you figure out and you focused and locked in knowing that you ain't going to get all it. Because when you're not forced to be efficient, when you turn that shit over and you know you ain't coming out the game, like it just takes, your, your game takes a law. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying to you? But when you, when you, when you know that there's a dude on that bench that can play too and I can't turn this thing over and I got to make this wide open corner three and you go four for seven, four for six, you on your way to getting a check. Because that's all the NBA is now. Can you switch off and guard multiple people? And can you make wide open corner threes? That's all it is, man. <laughs> that's, all it is. that's why you're going to start seeing dudes in the league. You'll be like, huh? He ever still left in the game in college. Yeah, man, but he got a seven-foot wingspan. He shot 40% from standstill threes. And he fits in the NBA more than the dude that was on his team averaging 20. Yeah. Because you ain't going to... You know, James Harden gonna smack you on your ass, tell you move over. Like, hey, hey, <laughs> yo, yo, bro, let me tell you something funny. Do you know, like, some of these dudes go to the NBA and never had a dude clap at them for the ball before? They've never experienced that. Oh, wow. I'm that serious. Like, a dude, you know how you get the rebound in transition, and like, you've yo. been the guy your whole life, but now this this dude making 40 million a year is clapping at you, like, I'm like, what the fuck you like, what you doing? <laughs> you like dudes never had that in their life. Wow. Know what I'm saying? Like, even when you look at like Isaac Okoro, why, you know, Coop used to always tell me how good he was. And it took me a while when I got down there to see, like, yeah, this kid can play basketball. Because the reason why he was the number five pick in the draft and why he's going to be a really good pro eventually, he had on the job training and playing with a great guard his whole life. Yeah. So he learned how to impact the game at an early age because he had a great guard. And then when BJ came, that shit was... So now when you see him on the court with, with Colin and, and Darius Garland, and he don't look frustrated, it's because he's been he's been groomed for this his whole life because he played with two great guards already. Yeah, he's used to it. Right. He's used to it. He knows how to cut. He knows he got to guard the other team's best player. He knows he got an offensive... Re he knows how he has to impact the game. Yeah, and his he, offense is going... His offense is better than what people do think it is. It's just that he's a guy that just values winning and don't care about it. But in the NBA, yeah. basketball is a team game played by individuals. So you got to figure out how to stand out individually while also being a team player. Team player, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like for me, it's like the NBA going to always spread their narratives, man. Like the, the narrative that Steph Curry is that much better than Damian Lillard is a fallacy, man. Damian Lillard's a bad mf -er, boy. Yeah. Bad. And it's just about 
situations. Like I see a lot of great players get drafted to bad situations, and I've seen dudes get. I give you an example. Um, a couple years ago, um, Chris Dunn from Providence, he goes number five in the draft. Yeah. Most people would be happy as hell to go number five in the draft, but the year before they just signed Ricky up to a four-year deal. Dejounte Murray goes twenty-nine to the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Old ass Tony Parker always getting hurt. He spends most of the year in the G League, most of the season. Yep. They bring him up in April. Now, see, and that's what I'm trying to say. The Spurs, they're not going to pay you, but they're going to make you good enough so somebody else is going to want to pay you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So now it's April. You know, we're in the middle of a playoff run, but we pretty much got our, our playoff situation secured. Now DeJounte Murray comes up. He's not just getting called up to the G League to come travel with the team. He's playing a lot. Yeah. Tony Parker's sitting out. He's playing rookie year in the middle of a um a playoff run. High yeah. intensity games. He's being allocated 27 minutes as a plan to develop him, right? Mm-hmm. Tony Parker, he's hurt in the playoffs. Now he's a 20-year-old kid starting in the Western Conference Finals against Steph Curry. Yeah. You halfway there to 80 million already. <laughs> you there. Right. Like, you understand what I'm saying? And if he didn't tear his ACL, he, he would have he would have got a lot more money than what he did. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So that that's my whole thing. It's it's all about the situations you get drafted to. Look at Julius Randle. You think the Lakers thought when they traded when they when they was getting Anthony Davis, they gave up two and a half All Stars? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, you thought they you think they knew Julius Randle was going to be an All Star? You think they nope. thought Brandon Ingram? They probably thought Brandon Ingram had the potential. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It's about what situation you in. Like you come to the league and, and LeBron come to your team. <laughs> you know, it ain't going to be what you think it's going to be. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why, that's why when people talk about Lonzo Ball, I be laughing at them. Like that kid can play. He just was in a bad situation. Yeah. He can flat out play. Like if you're looking at that kid and don't think he can play basketball, there's something wrong with you. Nah, he, he just never had an know, opportunity. He can play. You know what's funny? His his brother, his thing, you know what it is? I think that he if he had more of the mentality like his brother, he'd be better off. Like Lapella. No, 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 bro. No. His brother came and they gave him the keys to the organization. Lonzo <laughs> yeah, got trapped and they brought LeBron in and had the ball out of his hands. <laughs> It's a game of confidence. Once you gain yes. your confidence, you off to the races. It's just like Anthony Edwards. Remember when he dunked on that boy that first time? Yeah. Once he got his confidence, it never was the same. Right. Yeah, they can't do nothing with him now. You understand what I'm saying? Once he yeah. put that dude on that poster, he started in his mind thinking, I belong here. Now it's time for me to turn up. And he's been turning up ever since. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Everybody gotta have that I'm here in the league moment. Like every young player, they gotta get that moment. Yo, I'm here, I'm in the league. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Like that is important. And it's just like Trey Young, right? When he got drafted, when Luca started doing what Luca started doing, he was making Trey Young a lot of money because now you gotta justify how you trade this generational talent for me. So you gotta let me do whatever. You gotta let me yeah. become great. Or you're gonna be out of a job. Mm. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying, bro? Yeah. It's really that simple. 
It's really that simple. Like, you get drafted to a team and a person that believe in you, that's in, invested in your development, you halfway there to the back. All you got to do is stay down and work. You're going to get paid. And Trey Young, it's nothing Trey Young could do to mess up that $170 million because they traded Luka to get him. They yeah. got to justify that. They have to build a winner around him or everybody's getting fired. You don't think that owner... Yeah, I'm sure he watched Luka. He watched what Doncic's doing all the time. Something happened. We can't hear you as well now. Yeah. Yeah, something happened. We can't hear you as well now. What'd you say? Oh, now we can hear you. Before, we couldn't hear you as well. Oh, I'm sorry. You couldn't hear me? No. Yeah. I'm sorry. Now, now, I'm sorry. Now. We're, we're I'm sorry. Bit, you though. can hear okay. me now? Yeah, you can hear yes, me now. Sir. Yeah, I was just saying, like, Luca, that boy, he, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and Luca, nice as heck. But with all due respect, mm-hmm. if you put Luca back in that era and put Ron Artest on him <laughs> and you can hand check oh. you're going to have a real problem oh, yeah. a real problem yeah, but if you, you can't that. touch him yeah, he's, he's open heart surgery right know what I'm saying yeah, that's why I say you can't compare errors and all that because Ron Artest was so strong if he put his hands on you and hand checked you you going wherever he wants you to go yeah. You're not going the other way. You go which way he tell you to go with that hand. He dumb strong. You know, so it's, it's just it's just all about the evolution of the game, man. And I just we want these kids to understand the faster you learn how to play with talent, the better off you're going to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I and I just want to see back to go seeing those team, those, those errors where it was loaded AAU teams with a lot of good players playing together. Because when you in Europe, you watch these European kids, right? They grow up playing with great players. They're playing with the best players their country has to offer from a young age. They're being drilled on the team game. We being drilled on the individual game, teaching the kid 90 step backs before he can make a left-hand layup. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, they literally out here teaching kids to take bad shots. Yeah. Yeah, Steph Curry is a one-of-one. He can make that. Son, we're going to lose the game you taking that shot. We're going to lose. <laughs> you understand? So, that the biggest thing I want coaches to start doing is teach these kids the value being efficient. Show a kid when he when he, when he nine for 26 and let him know this ain't it. Yeah. Right. Don't be sitting here pumping no kid. Yo, my kid had 30. And you know damn well he had nine for 26 and the other kids was in that locker room pissed off. Don't do that. Yeah, you're right. Look, he gets up a couple years. James Booknight about to be a lottery pick. All they wanted to talk about was Cole Anthony. James Booknight's about to be a lottery pick. Cole already in the NBA. And you got Tyson Etienne. He's a player of the year in this conference. You got Joe Tuzak. They had other great players that, that 
because of their experiences playing with Cole, they went to college and excelled because they learned how to play with great players. Yep. Know yep. what I'm saying? Like, like all the kids that played with Sharif, they, they all went to Auburn with him. <laughs> like, <laughs> on our team, they all like, man, is this even an option? <laughs> like, if, if you if you want to know how special Sharif is, just turn the film on. Watch Auburn at the beginning of the year the way they was playing defense and running the court as opposed to when he came back, how they was oh, running yeah. that court. Come yeah, they was running good. like the corner store was giving out free milk. They was running because <laughs> you know you're going to get the ball. Right. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So they, they you know, like they trying to tell tell me it ain't. I, I challenge you guys to show me a freshman point guard played a major conference that averaged 20 points and 8 assists his freshman year after 10 months off and couldn't practice with his team. When you saw Sharif play against Alabama, he only had two practices on his belt, under his belt since September. His last real game was the, the Final Four in high school basketball 10 months before that. And you try to ask me, is he like that? Like, what you mean? Like, show me a kid that could take 10 months off right now and go to college in conference play and dominate dudes like he did. Show me. Anybody. You think Jalen Suggs could have went to the SEC and did what Sharif did? Nah. People trying to trick me, man. I keep telling them, you got to wake up early in the morning to fool me, man. I know what I'm looking at. Right. I know what I'm looking at. Like... Yeah, like, like Evan Mobley is the number one pick. Should be. Yeah. You will have to be on drugs to pass him up. I love Kay Cunningham. Bad Kay Cunningham is grown man business. But for what the NBA is, I got a better chance of Mobley. Yeah, yeah. Way that dude run, he he moved like a cat. And at that size, with the rim running and swinging got maximum value built your team and your defense around him for the next 10 years like there's no way I'm passing him up yeah and I think the world of Cade I think Cade is the is the best player right now but yeah. I'd be scared to pass Mobile I would I think I'd be passing up Anthony Davis if you pick Anthony Davis number one how could you pass him up yeah people forget Anthony Davis was fifth on the team at Kentucky and on. Yeah. What's the yeah. difference between him and I'm okay. You say Evan Moby is from LA, so he's softened he deep to watch it. Turn on the film. A D was catching law, blocking shots. That's what he was doing in college. Yeah. On a loaded team. Evan Mobley was the best player on his team. And he was blocking shots, catching lobs, offensive rebounding, passing, dribbling. Yo, that kid is the real deal. And what he does, don't you don't value in college. It doesn't have value in college. But put him on the NBA with an elite playmaker and let him dribble hand off with De'Aaron Fox and start rolling to that rim. And, and you're going to see what I'm talking about. The difference. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be a big, big difference. That's it, it would be hard for me to pass him up number one. But that Cooper kid, don't bet against him. I'm telling you. You're gonna yeah. lose all your money. So and I just hope 
he find an organization that believe in him, like the Hawks believed in Trey Young, he gonna do the same thing. I promise you. So we gonna if he get somebody that that draft him and believe in him and gonna let him rock, and because that's when that most crucial part of your career is, you know, because every kid when you go to the NBA. You're going to have three, four games in a row where you're going to start doubting yourself. Like, All right, I don't know if this shit I got works at this level. You understand? I'll give you an example. Donovan Mitchell, right? So Donovan didn't even think he was going to be a first-round pick. He gets picked in the first round by the Utah Jazz, right? And this is what I'm talking about. This is why I'm saying it doesn't matter how good you are. It just matters in the situation. So Alec Burks at the beginning. Gordon Haywood, all-star, 25 a game, leaves for free agency. Yeah. Alec Burks, who was averaging about 17, 18 a game, who plays Donovan Mitchell's position, gets hurt. He's going to be out three months. Donovan Mitchell, his first seven games, five of them, he 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 he's taking 20 shots a game. Yeah. Just fresh in the NBA. He getting <laughs> 20 points. They winning a couple games. Quinn Snyder putting that battery in his back. He caught his first body. He feeling like, yo, I can do this. Yep. And it just grew and grew and grew and grew because your confidence just grow. I'm on the court giving dudes 30. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting 30 in the NBA game. I was I never got 30 under Rick Pitino. Yeah. In high school, I played on Brewster with a stacked team. I never was getting 30. You understand what I'm saying? I was playing good. And this is why I'm trying to tell you why he became a star. Look at every step he took. He always was playing with good players. Yeah. Always. And, and, and then when he came to the NBA, he looking around, oh, okay, nobody on this team can score. Yeah, young fella, we need you to score. So you mean you're going to just let me play? I can turn this thing over three times and you ain't going to sub me? Yo, they let him play. And you seen it. His confidence grew, 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 grew. Went to the root. Yep. Look at him now, 24, multiple-time All-Star, $190 million. That's how it go, bro. Yeah. That's exactly how it go, man. And this is a kid that 13 other teams passed up. Yeah. Right. The Knicks passed up him for Frank Tilakina. Yep, including hometown. But that's what I'm trying to say. People would look back at the draft and say, oh, Kawhi Leonard got traded from the Indiana Pacers for George Hill. You understand what I'm saying? People look at that now and be like, wow, what you thinking? But... Kawhi Leonard, I'm not sure he would have been what he is if he didn't go first. Yeah. Because he struggled on offense, another organization might not have been as patient with him. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The Spurs dumped everything down for him. Look, this deep blue phone. See this corner? Just touch. We'll figure this jump shot out later. Right now? And then he just kept getting better. Yeah. You got the old heads. Teaching you right when you come in the league. That's another thing. A lot of kids get drafted to these teams, young as hell. And if you ain't got no old heads to really teach you, like a, a dude, let me let me see some of the great old heads in the NBA now. Like, that's great shit. Oh, Al Hall, super yeah. pro. You know, a lot of kids was lucky to be around Jared Jack. Like, dudes like Daddy is young. Like, those type of dudes. Like, young dudes, yeah. Chris Paul. Dudes, young dudes are going to develop around them because they're going to see what it's like to make a lot of money in the NBA and how to be a pro. You understand know what I'm saying? Shea Gilgis Alexander, he took that leap under Chris Paul. He showed him how to be a pro. Yep. Like, yo, you want this money? You got to do this. 
You got to go out here in the community. You got to spend an extra 10 minutes talking to the owner's wife. You got to do these interviews. Like, you got to be the um person the coach can rely on. You got to be the first person in the gym. When you learn that from a dude that then cashed out 300 million, you understand what I'm saying to you? It hit different. Yeah. It hit different. Right. I remember one of my kids telling me like, yo, bro, I ain't never leaving the gym. I'm like, why? Wow. He said, yo, man, we was in the locker room. Yo, Joe Johnson showed me one of his checks. <laughs> I said, damn, that's your motivation. He said, yo, yeah, man. Hey, yeah, that's my motivation. You know, somebody show you a check for $1.2 million every two weeks. That's motivation like a mofo. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But people see Joe Johnson, how nice he is. Well, they call him ISO Joe. How many hours you think he spent in the game in the gym perfecting the fact that you can't guard him one-on-one? You know what I'm saying? People look at Kyrie Irving. You know what I mean? Hours in the gym you got to do to do a double behind the back sidestep three ball? (laughs) Yo, he's reinventing the game before us, right in front of our eyes. He's going to He's allowing the next generation of players like LaMelo Balls and all the young guys coming in that freedom to be creatively great. Because you can't coach what Kyrie do. You can't tell him stop dribbling. You can't tell him stop playing with the ball. That's him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's like he's creating that next. And that's what LeBron did. LeBron grew the game, man. Michael Jordan grew his brand. LeBron grew the game. Like, yeah. he, he showed the players their power. Like, he showed them how to be their own independent entities. That's his legacy. He made the game better for the players. LeBron made the game better for the own. I mean, Michael Jordan made the game better for the owners. LeBron made the game better for the players. And I think, listen, I think on that note, man, that's a great place for him to, to leave it on. Man. I ain't hear you what you say, bro. I said that's a great place to end, man. With the with the LeBron, with him holding it down, man. This it, man. Yeah, we man. Appreciate I appreciate you, you for having down, me man. up, man. We family, Thanks man. Time, I look forward man. to seeing you at some point. Thanks for. Oh yeah, no, we definitely gonna talk, man. Definitely. Yeah, thanks for the wisdom, my right, dude. Bro, you got my number. It was a pleasure meeting you, King. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Look forward to meeting you one day. All right, sir. Yeah, definitely, man. Thanks, bro. No doubt. We'll talk. All right.